Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome to the podcast, everybody. My name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm sitting here with a lovely lady that we do every Wednesday, and it's called Girl Power Wednesday. And Lisa here is sitting right there. How are you? Good. How are you, Kevin? I'm okay. Uh, you, <laughs> I had to laugh because uh, we could have done this on the phone, but yeah. but your kids are out of school and every, right. everybody's home, so yeah. it's time for you to escape for a few minutes. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I was like, Kevin's like, you can do it on the phone. I'm like, no, 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 it's cool. I'll come in. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is it like at your house it's got to be oh, nuts yeah. yeah it's you know and my husband works from home too and he's on conference calls all day so it's like trying to tell kids to be quiet and then they're trying to do their online studies so that's great um and thankfully the weather's been nice so they can go outside but they're doing you know like my daughter this week did a big baking project and there was just like flour and stuff everywhere. <laughs> Yesterday I came upstairs. I'm like, what is burning? There was like a small fire on the stove and nobody was doing anything about it. The boys were like sitting there playing video games. Nobody noticed. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank God for video games. Right? I guess. <laughs> I guess. I'm like, hello, is anybody here? What is going on? Why is there smoke? And why does nobody care? <laughs> I remember those days. Yeah, it, it, yes. it was so long ago. Then. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so anyway, you have uh, taken this segment by storm and and have really done some remarkable things with it. The first thing of which is you have brought a guest to us. I have. So we are really focusing on Wednesdays on um, women in business and struggles for women and um, all kinds of women's issues. So I'm just so thrilled for Kevin to um, devote this time on Wednesdays to this and that I get to be a part of it. Um, I'm a woman, a woman entrepreneur myself. I own a business called Girl Power Sport. And through my business, I met the most incredible entrepreneur and she's on the phone with us today, Natalie Valesquez. Very good. Aloha. Hello, everybody. Aloha. How you doing Aloha. today? Good. Thank you. Very good. It's actually a little, it's raining a little bit here in Phoenix, so it's weird because it's sunny and raining, so oh, wow. I and, guess best of both folks. Yeah. And, and you're in Arizona. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You probably need a little rain there. Yes. Well, you know, people think it doesn't rain here, but I feel this, the past two years, it's just, it rains a lot. <laughs> I feel like we're always having flooding here, but yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's good. And uh, of course, it's hot there. What do you do when it's 115 yeah. degrees in in the summertime? Yeah. So, well, definitely it does get 115 degrees, in, but it's dry. So everyone talks about the dry heat. It's not, you know, if you go to Chicago or Florida where it's like super icky and sticky. Um, we like the pool. So yeah. every, basically, everybody here in Phoenix has a pool. And then um, the indoor malls are a good time in the summer, so um, yeah, they get a lot of foot traffic. Well, that's good. that's cool. So tell us how you, and then Lisa, tell us a little bit about Natalie, how the two of you met. Yeah, so I started my own business, Girl Power Sport, four and a half years ago. We launched on July 1st, 2015. We make our products in the United States. I went to a, one of my early, like I think, gosh, one of my first trade shows, 
I um, was at a dance show and I can't remember if I met you in, I think I met you in Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. might have been yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. And um, I was just blown away by you, Natalie, and just your presence, your um, just vision of your company, your, your reputation. Everyone in the industry is just so impressed with you and, and, you know, you, you. and to let our um, listeners know, you have a shop um, called Natalie and Co. And and you're in Scottsdale, Arizona right now? Um, Yes, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. The store is based um, North Phoenix. So Phoenix is huge and we're more north of it. Um, When I first started, we were actually, uh, I opened our business um, in Anthem which is more north. It's a suburb north, um, north of Phoenix. And, um, but yeah, we are based in, or the store is based in Phoenix, Arizona. Awesome. Yeah. And so you were such a great, um, inspiration to me and, and, you know, you were so sweet to try my products and, and just to let kind of listeners know, when we first launched, we had some fit issues, of course, because, you know, you do. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, when you design the product yourself, you're just thinking it's just, perfect and the greatest and 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 you know it was great because you gave me great feedback which we were able to adjust and and mm-hmm. that you also stuck with me over the years and helped were very instrumental in growing my business and and so you know we love to be able to kind of you know um support you back and just I'm very grateful for our business relationship and and friendship and um just the things I've learned from you and I'm so excited to learn more about you today um, oh, as, as well. And so tell us a little bit about your upbringing and kind of what things inspired you. Yeah. So I am first generation American. Um, both my parents, uh, are from the Philippines. So, and I am a hundred percent Filipino. Um, so I think that the main thing of my upbringing is I was raised by two people who lived in a third world country. Um, both my parents, um, is the typical American dream. I mean, they grew up my mom will tell you stories, but um, uh, very, very poor. They had nothing. I mean, um, they used to share a grain of rice um, for dinner, her and her seven siblings. Uh, my dad yeah. has his, a family of nine. So um, I think that was instrumental to my views in life now. Um, so first, being first-generation American, um, I think I didn't realize the struggle back then, but I did enter kindergarten and first grade not speaking English. So my first language is actually Filipino, which is Tagalog. Mm-hmm. Um, I we do I mainly speak English at home, but that's because at home uh, my parents like to practice their English. Um, but you probably can't tell that English is my second language. No, and you I can't do tell at speak all. it. Mm-hmm. I actually just got to go uh, back to the motherland for the first time in my 31 years of existence. So um, that was very humbling to um you know, like the people you come from. So um, I grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona. So um, the diversity at my, in the area I grew up, I didn't realize uh, there wasn't much. Um, I think in the, I went to a high school, about 2,500 kids, and um, we had a um, Asian American group. And it was a very small demographic of um, diversity in my school. But, you know, I never really felt that. Um, but I think that's the main part of um how, why I work so hard and where I come from so um but my parents migrated here um in the 80s um my mom is a registered nurse and my dad is a jack of all trades um he was a mechanic 
uh, pilots, realtors. So I'm very much like my dad. And it says, um, yeah, he had his own business. When I was growing up, uh, he ran a mechanic. And he was a mechanic and he ran his um, garage out of our garage. And so I think maybe that's where I got um, the ideas from. So, yeah. Well, Natalie, let me ask you a question, which is mm-hmm. you're 30 ish, right, right in uh-huh. there. And uh, uh-huh. um, you come from a uh, rather uh, blue collar background and your mm-hmm. mom and dad virtually had nothing. And they and they came mm-hmm. here. What gave you the idea? What made you think that you could be a business owner? Um, my my mom gets asked this question a lot. I never realized it. But when I was five years old, I had a lemonade stand. Um, I turned my brother's room into a library and I made my like neighbors check out books out of it. I, it. I guess, I don't know. It's not funny. <laughs> I like, love I, it. Um, oh yeah. I, I ran a school out of my, um, out of my living room <laughs> with the neighborhood kids. I think, um, I don't know. I just, I, I just always got interested in it. I, I want to say maybe it was my dad that inspired me. Um, uh, going back, so I got my first job when I was 14 years old. I started working at Icing, which is retail, right? Um, and then the dance boutique opened next to my dance or next to my dance studio, and that was where I really started working. So I started in this industry about 15 years ago, which is kind of weird to say, but yeah. I've never stopped. So, um, and what kind uh, of dance did you do growing up? Dance and theater, and um, yeah. So I actually am classically trained. Spanish, so I started when I was typical, you know, Asian at five years old, and um, I started dancing, doing everything, ballet, tap, jazz, lyrical, hip-hop, ballroom, um, and I'm actually a Filipino folk dancer, so I'm very lucky that I got to train out of um, dancers from the Philippines, so, yeah. um, and then hula, so my dance resume is kind of very wide, um, which is, I think that's where, how I've been able to get where I've gotten as a choreographer. So I'm also a choreographer plus business um, lady. Wow. <laughs> Boss lady. Yeah. Yes. And, and then did you so. do theater growing up too? I did. I started theater uh, in middle school. Um, theater was just always, um, it's kind of second. I, I thought of myself as more of a dancer. Mm-hmm. I started vocal training in middle school and um, the choir did theater. And, uh, and I kind of never thought I'd go the theater out. I always wanted to be a commercial dancer. Yeah. Um, but then when I was 18, I blew my knee out. Mm. And so that's what got me on the teaching train. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I was, I, that's where I truly believe everything happened for a reason. A good friend of mine, um, ended up having to have her thyroid removed and I took over her production at the time of Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, and yeah. that's how I that's how I ended up doing theater. So, you know, it just takes one, it's like a ripple effect, um, choreograph one show. And then, um, you know, people like what you do, or if you work really hard and, um, you know, your craft, um, it's just kind of took off from there. So I was a resident, uh, choreographer for theater. And then I kind of build my network that way. Um, and it kind of helps with the business too. So, yeah. you know, all those little things help each other. So, so I love your story yeah. about with, with your siblings and in neighbors and putting on so mm-hmm. it, it's so funny because that was me growing up and my poor right. neighborhood so I, I grew up in Southern California and uh, <laughs> I would just I would write these plays and I would go Aww. around and demand 
of the neighbors that this is what they were going to do and this is how they were going to do it. And I would put on these productions and I would get very frustrated because sometimes people would mess around and not do what they were supposed to do. And there's one video of me with my, my brother who's five and a half years younger than me. And he had extreme ADHD and just great, Mm -hmm. you know, great kid, but funny and so he was not doing his part and so my dad Mm -hmm. is trying to film this because I instructed him to film it and (laughs) we're trying to do this play and he kept coming in I was so mad at him so I there's this on video of me just smacking him as hard as I can (laughs) and then going on with my lines and continuing yeah that's hilarious so I love that Mm -hmm. you know so definitely from the start you were an entrepreneur so when you blew out your knee how Mm -hmm. was that devastating for you did you go through a depression did you um a little bit well I mean I was um I'm a a fighter I think I've always been so um that wasn't my personal injury I tore every ligament and actually both of my ankles um uh yeah I've actually knock on wood never broken anything but um spring you ripped the crap out of yourself though yes 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 so um at least uh, when I did that, I actually did rehab for about four years, and I just kept trying. Um, at the time, the dance industry, industry is nothing like it is now. Um, just finding work at the time, I'm five foot. Um, I was 110 pounds, and just my look, I mean, you know, I'm very Asian looking. So dark black hair, you know, you can't really slap a blonde wig on me, and, you know, then I yeah. magically look like Cinderella. So just finding work um, at my height and um, even though my resume had every style of dance on it, um, it was just, hard, you know, they wanted at the time your typical five, eight, five, ten, blonde brunette. Um, and I just wasn't making the cut. So um, that's actually how I got into the competitive side of ballroom. Mm-hmm. And um, I built my ballroom resume. And so that's um, a big thing on my resume now is because I've, I love ballroom, so I ended up doing more ballroom, you know, I couldn't leap uh, six feet off the ground, so I decided to put on some high heels and dance, catch up, you know, so I never, I never gave up, but um, it did put me on the dance teaching track, um, and so uh, that's why I think everything happens for a reason. Um, Have you heard that old, that old story about Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire? That, yeah. uh, uh-huh. that that they were ballroom dancers and and the difference was that uh, um, Fred Astaire could dance real well, but Ginger Rogers could dance backwards in high heels, which would be yeah. harder. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yes, Amazing. that's a big thing in ballroom. Yes, women can dance backwards in high heels. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. not me. I, yeah, <laughs> that's so awesome. And so, and then you were you doing pageants at the time yourself or? Yeah, um, well, um, so my uh, co-worker, I uh, grew up at the studio, she ended up going to Miss Arizona, which is in the Miss America system, and she won Miss Arizona 2008, Nicole uh, Turner at the time, and um, I was her assistant uh, dance teacher, teacher. <sighs> and so when she went off to Miss America, um, I, I helped her at her trunk show, I did all that other stuff, and I got, um, so that was kind of my intro into pageant world and for producing on the backside mm-hmm. of, um, I helped out her trunk show and those kind of things. But, um, I got a phone, I got a, I don't know how people used to find me, but, um, I had got a random phone call one day. It was the director of Miss Teen World. And she asked if I could choreograph 
the pageant and um, it ended up being in Arizona that year. So that was my very first pageant. Um, I choreographed, I showed I directed the show and then I went on to do Miss Hawaii Teen America. So they flew me out to Hawaii. Um, that was my first time choreographing and directing a televised pageant. And then I did Miss Teen World one more time. And then uh, my friend who won Miss Arizona was approached by the board to be uh, executive director. So the Miss America system, everybody who works in the Miss America system is a volunteer. So all the directors and um, you have to, um, in order to go to Miss America, you have to win a preliminary title. And so she asked me to be her um, director partner about six years ago. So um, it's just crazy because it's hard. It's crazy for me to say six years ago. So I was the director of operations. I ran the business side. Um, it's amazing that the Miss America program is a scholarship. It's the largest scholarship provider for women. Mm. Um, so here we go back on the giving back part. Um, and uh, even though your scholarship program, you have to find the funds yourself. So um, for the six years that I was with her, um, we had to find the money to give to these girls. So I ran the business part and the, also the show part. So two hats, one business hat and the choreographer hat. You are 24 years old and you are a director <laughs> and you're a choreographer and you're running the, the Miss America yeah. program. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. Our, our titles were Miss North Phoenix, Sundale, um, Story Enterprise. And um, we were very fortunate. And uh, the last five or uh, four years in the Miss Arizona system, both titles, Miss Team. The teen, um, outstanding teen, and Miss Arizona were actually our girls. So um, the current uh, girls right now, that the current Miss Arizona and the current Miss Arizona's outstanding teen, were actually from our preliminary titles, which is um, Miss North Phoenix. So uh, Jacqueline Thomas is Miss Arizona, so she was our Miss North Phoenix last year. Or yes, now it's almost two years. And then Miss Caitlin Kai, which is Miss Arizona's outstanding teen, um, and they both went. On to compete at Miss America, Caitlin got first runner-up, so um, that's the closest um, Miss or our Arizona system's ever gotten to the title of Miss America. And um, Jacqueline did her best. Unfortunately, she didn't make it, but uh, or didn't make the top. But even if you go to Miss America, you still get a scholarship. So oh wow! It's a great program. It's a great program. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes pageants get kind of a bad rap and, yeah. and I, um, this is like a million years ago, but I did do, <laughs> I did do a pageant a very long time ago and, um, very long, long time ago. I was Miss Linwood, if you can believe it. Oh, Kevin. Wow. Linwood. Yeah. <laughs> did you, did you live in a trailer park? <laughs> yeah, it's very exciting, but, um, but, you know, I, so what would you say to people who say, oh, you know, is it promoting bad image and women is it um you know is it dated yes. and, and and how do you encourage your girls um and what what have you noticed with pageants well um the main thing is uh my so Wendy is my my partner in business she's not a financial partner but she is our general manager and her daughter competed um for Miss North Phoenix didn't win uh the second year she did win as Miss North Phoenix outstanding teen and then she won top five in um uh or she was top five at miss arizona uh she won the talent award and seeing a girl like jesse just come out of her shell um what the miss america program teaches you and a lot of pageantry teaches you is um it teaches girls to present themselves um the best version of themselves mm -hmm. so learning how to speak articulately 
um, to learning how to walk with toys, um, learning how to dress appropriately, I think is very important, especially in our generation now. Um, yeah. And then just um, sure. being <laughs> sure. another role model for other girls. Yeah, and uh, a mentor. It, it's a yeah, as a mentor, um, this Maricopa program, um, like I said, is the largest scholarship provider for women in the world. Yeah. Um, one of our one of our um, former girls, Maddie Rose Fowler, shout out to Maddie Rose. Um, she went to school completely debt free. Wow! Um, oh she my graduated goodness. college with a master's yeah. with a master's degree debt free. Yeah. So the opportunities wow. it provides for these women yeah. or for these young girls. Um, it goes a long way. And that's why I decided to um, be a mentor because I, I try to be there for someone like me. Like I wish I had me yeah. <laughs> back then, yeah. you know, so right. um, right. I always pay it forward. Oh, that's amazing. And mm-hmm. awesome. I'm just like, I can't believe all the things you do. Truly. It's really <laughs> it's remarkable. So, so I but, just say yes. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sadly, I'm a typical guy, so I don't follow the pageants much. <laughs> so you have Miss USA as one and Miss America yes. as another. It, yes. it, and the Miss Universe, is that part of Miss USA? It, 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 yes. Okay. Yes. So, so those are two different competing local. things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Two different systems. There's actually a ton of systems in the country, a mm-hmm. ton of systems. But those are the two that are mainly televised. You see Miss USA, usually that's on, I believe, Fox. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, Fox. And then um, Miss America got picked up by NBC. Yeah, NBC this year. So um, those are, I think, the most popular because they're televised ones. And yeah. and the, the, for years and years and years, they had the different competitions. They had the 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 gown competition, and then they yeah. They how, how do yeah. you teach a girl to to that the bathing suit competition isn't a mm-hmm. a, a sexist sexual thing? Right. Yeah. Well, um, the big thing with with that is called lifestyle fitness. Miss America was the largest uh, was the longest running bikini competition. Um, it's really, it's not so much of like how to spread in a bikini. It's more of the discipline it takes. Um, and the confidence of a female has to, um, have in order to put on some suit on and walk in high, you know, high heels. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a discipline. I mean, these girls have to work, they work so hard. Um, now I, it's a kind of a big controversy, but Miss America got rid of the bikini competition or the, the lifestyle and fitness portion mm. of the competition two years ago. So, um, but it's, it's kind of, uh, created a lot of controversy in the, um, pageantry world, uh, just because, um, you know, that is the debate. Oh, okay. We got rid of it because, you know, people view it as this. Yeah. But us female, you know, a lot. The majority of the pageant world, I think, I can speak on, on behalf of, um, views it as more of a disciplinary mm-hmm. part of the competition. I mean, you really, I mean, if you think about it, you got to be very disciplined in your diet and what you right. work out in. Sure. Um, oh yeah. 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 The one yeah. You can't hide is, much in a bikini. <laughs> you can't hide it. Right. No, you can't hide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't like yeah. you know put on an invisible bodysuit and put on a swimsuit. Right. You gotta right. Work really hard. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. So for let, sure. Me, let me let me ask you: Do you follow the ratings? I wonder when they got rid of the uh, swimsuit competition. <laughs> yes. If the ratings went down. I I actually know they did um, a lot. And, and, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, and actually they got um, Miss America. Actually, this last one, um, they got rid of evening gown. Huh. So very why would they do that? Why the evening gown? I, yeah, I know. Um. Yeah, now it's um, 
Well, that's the debate. So there's yeah. kind of the Mr. America's system's gone through a lot the past uh, three years. And uh, yeah, I, now it's more like women can wear whatever they want. If, if you want to wear an evening gown, you can wear an evening gown. I have the biggest trouble finding size 12 uh, stiletto heels. <laughs> right, yes. Triple yes. wide. They do make custom. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yes, I can do. believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can get anything. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Natalie, how did you get the idea of owning a store, and what what mm-hmm. what led you to that? So, um, so I did start in retail, fifteen years old, um, in uh, the boutique used to be called Prima Divas Dance Boutique, and um, I learned a lot. Uh, that the business started off as a partnership, ended up just being one. Um, female. And then after the 2008 um, crash, right, um, it just affected pretty much everyone. And at the point of that business, um, uh, internally, they were struggling financially, so they really couldn't keep the store afloat. We ended up closing in 2009, and it was me and the manager left. I was the only employee that kind of stayed till the end. And to help her out, I would take her inventory and bring it, and I'd set up a little trunk show at all the dance studios that I used to teach at just to help her get rid of inventory and with her inventory I started making these accessories so that's kind of how um, Natalie and company came up um, is I used to make matching hair accessories um, handmade tutu dresses tutus to match kind of the inventory that I had and um, back in 2000 uh, 2010 the studio that I was working at um, my boss asked me you know Natalie we're going to we're going to expand the studio. Would you like to open a dance boutique in our lobby? Well, her plans didn't quite go through, but we ended up still opening a dance boutique. And um, I had my own door. It was about 200 square feet. Can you believe that? It's like a little, basically a walk-in closet. I had two racks, two shelves, um, and I kind of got my start with the inventory that she had. And, um, at the time, personally, I was going through um, a transition in my life. I was getting out of a relationship, and I was very motivated, <laughs> as I, I tell people, <laughs> to yeah. um, continue on in my career. So um, I think that part of my personal life helped me, um, in a sense. But I think the opportunity is basically what got me um started and uh, we stayed in that 200 square feet for one year i moved into 500 square feet and uh, surprisingly when we went bigger in the area that i was in we our sales tanked and i knew um it was because i couldn't get customers to come up to the suburb that we were at Hmm. so um i there was a mall closer to the city um and north terrace shops at north terrace an outdoor mall it's um right off the freeway uh there's a harkins movie theater there there's Victoria's Secret Beach Body Works and it's outdoor setting and we moved there in 2014 and um, into 800 square feet and um, then there's a long story of how we got kicked out of that mall and now here we are in our new location um, so long story uh, but that, that's the journey of Natalie and company well, and I understand that at one point in time, one of your locations, you got kicked out by Victoria's Secret. Yeah. Is that? The, um, no, the landlord. Yeah. Oh, the, okay. Yeah, the, okay. The landlord yeah, did you? So, 
Yeah, so um, back in 2016, they kind of threatened us and were like, you need to move out of your small space because you're a temporary tenant. And the main reason why I signed a temporary lease is because I knew I wanted to do, I, I couldn't do everything I wanted to do in 800 square feet. You know, it's, it's kind of a small space, which is totally doable, but, it, you know, if we wanted to do birthday parties. We wanted to do, we wanted to do more than just what we were doing. So, um, in your temporary lease, there is a clause in there basically telling you, you know, they can move you at any time. So um, they dangled the carrot and got us to move 3,400 square feet. And that's where I made a little bit of a business lady mistake and um, invested a lot into that space. But they figured out the clause in our contract. And um, the property management was um, what we didn't realize at the time they were preparing it to sell the property. Mm-hmm. Um, where are the property is, uh, this North Phoenix area is, um, growing quite a bit so um, they basically called me one day said you have 30 days to leave and um, that was about two days before my birthday uh, 2018 oh, wow. happy birthday uh, yeah happy birthday and so um, that was probably um, I faced a lot of problem like a lot of dips in the road and or bumps and that was probably the hardest one. You know, just, you know, how do you deal with, okay, how do I tell my employees? How do I, um, how do we get through the holidays? Um, not knowing where the store is going to live. Uh, we postponed trying to tell our customers uh, the latest we could. Um, so we did. And, um, we did, and you know, if you know commercial real estate, it's, you can't really find the perfect spot in 30 days and sign a commercial permanent lease. Um, and just, you don't just find, Oh, okay. I like that one. <laughs> and then let's sign the lease, you know? So, um, and we didn't want to jump into, you know, a location that wouldn't, we wanted to find the one that was going to be there. So our store was homeless. I like to say it's homeless for three months. We moved out of that location, January, 2019. Uh, we just kept communicating with our customers saying, you know, we're not, our business is not closing. We're just trying to find the perfect home. And three months later, we were able to open May 2019. And uh, I did plan permanently. And so, and here we are now. So it was it definitely the hardest, like that was the toughest part. I mean, there are times where, are we going to make it? Um, I was very lucky that our team stayed. That it's, our team is very small. <laughs> There's only three of us. So, but they stayed and um, I'm, I'm very grateful. And we're all women. I'm very proud that uh, it's primarily women that built the store. Um, yes, I know how to use a concrete grinder. <laughs> and I know how to steal floors. So, um, so, yeah. let, so uh, Natalie, let me, let me get this straight. In, in, uh, when you, just before you opened your business, you ended a, you were going through a challenging relationship that you ended? Yes, yes. I was so, in a long term relationship and then I yes, that So you got out. rid of the guy and decided to <laughs> yes. go into business. Yeah. So, so yes, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yes, that works. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. what I think is fascinating about it as entrepreneurs, because many entrepreneurs have the same story, is that mm-hmm. when it comes down to live or die, like you have to make this work or mm-hmm. or not. Like you, yeah. this has to work or you have to go, right, like find a different job. And it's like mm-hmm. you are so motivated to make your, your dream come true because it has to, you know? And so mm-hmm. when yeah. it's like live or die or it, it comes down to that, I think 
that is when people can kind of reach greatness, right? Where it's like, right. this is, this is it. This is, it's now yeah. or never. And so, it's now or never, absolutely. yeah, yeah. So I think that's really kind of, you know, fascinating about your story. And I can only imagine, you know, as a business owner myself, just mm-hmm. the uh, stress of the mm-hmm. funding yes. with moving and you know i i've seen oh, yeah. you know we've seen videos and some of your pictures and your different mm-hmm. locations and kevin she's literally doing the work herself like building it out her you know family and 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 mm-hmm. staff i mean they are like painting and they're putting things together and they're mm-hmm. they're doing everything and so um, and I, I had the, um, I was able to actually stop and visit her shop, um, at Natalie and co 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. and at, you know, it just has such an amazing feeling when you walk in and, you know, you can, her staff loves what they're doing. They love to be there. I just mm-hmm. smiled just to see it, you know, a child walked in and, and they were greeted immediately and immediately helped. And it just was such a nice vibe that you don't get in. Yeah. And you don't, you don't Mm -hmm. see that in a lot of chain places, right. That are, that are kind of cookie cutter. And, and then also the assortment, um, of the product. Mm -hmm. So you have dance, you have activewear, Mm -hmm. you have swimwear Mm -hmm. and you have gifts. I'm probably Mm -hmm. leaving something else out, but it's just such Mm -hmm. a great little place. So if you want to come in and, you know, you're looking for a gift for a friend or just for something special for that granddaughter or niece, mm-hmm. um, it is like the perfect place and just oh, such a nice you. blend of products. And, and, you know, one thing you can see from being in your shop is that you are passionate about encouraging women in business also in, in bringing in their products and testing their products and, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and being something different, um, then, mm-hmm. and so, you know, and, and from me being in your shop, I could see there was a lot of made in the U S products too. Yeah. We, and we try to really, we try really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And that's why we love your brand so much. I mean, your brand is so inspiring. I mean, that's the, that all the way, you know, you fully commit I mean, made in the USA women. And then you're, you're what you do for charities. I mean, that's why we love you. So. Um, and we appreciate all your support too. Thank well, you. When you were in a 200 square foot, uh, for lack of a closet, for lack of a better word. Yes. Uh, how did you market yourself? How did you get people to know that you were actually even there? Yes. Well, so it did help that we were inside of a dance studio, but at that time, Instagram was just starting. There was definitely no Snapchat. There was no, um, I did have a Facebook. We did have a website, but e-commerce at the time was, I want to say, just evolving. I mean, the hab- I think people were just building the habit of starting to buy online. Amazon was definitely not um, quite in the picture. Um, so uh, old school, word of mouth, flyers. I would go to um, the, uh, the schools the dance schools, I'd go to the high schools, I would, um, at the, my main point of marketing was email. And then at that time, we still did um, paper. So I would put ads in magazines. But I think the best ROI was word of mouth. Um, so it was all, uh, people would just come in and they'd say, okay, they've had, and I, ever since then, I've always tried to have either, well, my, my strategy back then was having quality at the best price. And then we moved on to focusing on having a, the best selection. So um, the market, the dance floor market 
is very tight here in Phoenix. Um, these large competitors have been here for a very long time. We're for sure the underdogs. I mean, they've all had their stores for probably, what, 40-plus years. Um, so uh, everyone, we, uh, when we brought on Wendy, I keep saying we, I, when I brought on Wendy, um, she, she's hey, a general manager. You got a mouse she's, in your pocket? I guess, right? Um, she, on her Instagram, her it, it says Natalie Wrangler, or a handler. So that's kind of a funny. I tell people she's a real boss. She's actually sitting right next to me, kind of laughing. Um, and Wendy, so, and you got to give yeah Wendy a little shout out there because she is yes. amazing and she's stuck she's with you. And she, yeah. you guys are a great um, duo for sure. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's definitely how we see like how the balance is here. Because I'm the one who's always like, we could do this, we could do that. And she's like, well, how are we going to do that? Um, so, uh, but her thing <laughs> You always need somebody like, like that, right? A little bit of reality. Right? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Uh, but she would say um, people come in to us because they don't like or they're coming for other options from what our competitors have. And so we just ran with that. Um, we just we streamlined our products. We brought in brands that are kind of like us, the underdog or not so super. I mean, the market is saturated with the big guys here. So yeah. um, we do, and we, um, our manufacturers are, are um, people with great ethics. Uh, who work hard, who give back, and um, it's just 360. That's what we want to do here at Now and Co. So, so what's the future hold for you? Are you running for president soon? Yeah, you should. I'll vote for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we actually expanded to swimwear. So another woman in business, uh, my friend Trisha, who was doing um, swimsuits for about 15 years. She had the largest swimwear store on the West Coast at our shopping mall. I met her when I first moved into that um, Natalie & Co. 2.0. And um, they did the same exact thing to her six months later. And um, at the age of 63, she just didn't want to do what we did, you know, start all over again, square one, find the space. So we inherited her inventory. And um, now we've expanded a swimmer. So I think the future for Co. is just... Um, uh, I'd love to expand our point of business. Um, I used to want more than one location. Right now, it's kind of changed. Um, but uh, I think um, I'd love to have a scholarship foundation. Um, mm, awesome. uh, if there's a way to recycle clothing, I think um, the textile industry yeah. has, yeah. Um, has, I think that's a big thing that we need to yes. do like start focusing on. Um, so I'd love to have a recycling program and, um, that's kind of where I see what we are now um, and possibly more locations, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> right now I'm really good with this one. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so it's interesting yeah. as a manufacturer, finally mm -hmm. the recycled fabrics are coming down in cost mm -hmm. and they're getting a lot better. Mm -hmm. So, it, to, yeah. you know, and with you and I, who, deal with a lot of, you know, um, mm -hmm. microfiber blends and poly spandex yes. and all of that. Um, it yep. was hard to get the colors correct, Kevin. And so, and then prints are yeah. difficult. So, um, and then they were exorbitantly expensive. So it's like, as a manufacturer, you're taking a big chance in bringing in sustainable, um, you know, recycled fabric, um, hoping that it sells because it's going to be a higher price. Um, sure. to the, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it, there's a lot of innovation going on right now mm -hmm. with that. And so 
um, for you listeners is something to really look, you know, watch for because you're going to finally yes. start seeing a lot more recycled more. fabrics yeah. come into. And you're seeing, yeah. yeah, you're seeing some of the big um, manual. I mean, like H&M is yeah. a great yeah. retailer where they're, um, you know, you can bring in recycled or you can recycle your clothing there. And then, you know, but I think that's what you're going to see in the fashion fashion industry is, is the sustainability because yeah. I know it's, it's a big problem that we have. Like, you know, I, I know we're a very tiny niche in the, in the you know, dance wear, spandex, um, swimwear. But I think that going forward, um, that's definitely something I want to, part, you know, what can we do on a smaller scale um, to help with the problem because it's definitely a problem. I think the world faces is, is, is the, what do you do with old clothes? You know? It's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Besides, you yeah. can't give everything mm-hmm. the goodwill in it because it, it just, no. yeah. I have a question. Yeah. For, I have a question for both of you guys. Yeah. And that is, and this is directed to all the young girls of America. So if you've got a young girl, if you're listening to this and you've got a young girl who's within earshot, I want you to bring them over and sit them down because I've got two ladies that are going to tell you how <laughs> it is that they got to be doing what they're doing and how, what you can do as, both as a parent and also as a kid, how do, how do you make it work so that you can be successful? Lisa, you get to go mm-hmm. first. How I guess about go that? First. Um, yeah, you know, so it, it's, it starts with an idea and then a belief, right? And so I think a lot of times people think, oh, I can't do that because I can't come up with a new idea. I can't, I don't have a new idea of, of, and, and so sometimes it's not creating something brand new. Sometimes it's just, um, comes down to, you have an idea of how to make something better or to do it differently, right? And then you have a different way of presenting it. And so I would say to young girls, find something that you're passionate about and make that your business. So, um, you know, with my business, Girl Power, it, my heart is in my logo. You know, I'm a heart patient and I've overcome a lot of odds because of that. And so be, if you are able to kind of create um, a vision around something you're extremely passionate about, you will get behind it. And and then just learning, you know, you're going to hear no over and over and over. And I'm sure, you know, um, Natalie, you did too with your business. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and just that having that belief and that strength that you can do it. And that also just knowing it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And I think, you know, we want to avoid... Um, things that we're afraid of or or things that um, are scary. And so knowing like you have to put in the work. And I think that's another thing is that to really help for the young people to understand. I hope my daughter mm-hmm. Faith be listening to this right now. <laughs> you have to put the work in. Yes. <laughs> right. And yes. so, um, but you know, I think when you struggle with something, so um, my kids have struggled with kind of phonics and things like that. And, and they, have had to work harder at it. Right. And so they are, they have that ability now to know how, mm-hmm. what it means to work hard at something in school to be successful. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that lesson, I think of being able to really learn and work hard at something, um, that's how you'll be successful. And you really have to outwork anyone and that's how you'll be successful mm-hmm. at it. And it's like you, Natalie, doing the, you know, tr- hustling your inventory on the side when your location was gone, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to sell it on the side, then at night working on 
painting and building out your place and, and, you know, you know, begging people to help you. And I remember seeing videos of you and you're like, you know, your poor body, you can barely walk. And it's like, (laughs) what is this worth? This is your dream, Mm -hmm. right? This is your Mm -hmm. vision. And how hard are you going to work to get it? Yeah. Natalie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a hundred percent. I think, um, a lot of, I, I work with youth every day and, um, the most common thing I'll hear is, well, I'm not good at that. And I think a lot of um, young people focus so much on what they're not good at. I think um, figure out what you are good at in your passion. Um, I was able to to put it together. Um, and I've worked my freaking tail off ever since. And as a dancer, as a performer, as a choreographer, as a show director, whatever it is that you decide to do and, and do it with an open mind. Um, the power of positivity is a big thing for me. Um, when I was jumping out of that relationship, I never realized what a negative mind frame I um, was in. I had a life coach at the age of 25, 26. I know you're like, you're like, what? A life coach is real. Yeah. And, um, I, mental health, I think is great. Um, uh, but it put my life in perspective. I like, I put my life in a different perspective. Power of positivity, focusing on your goal. Um, uh, Someone asked me years ago in an interview what my definition of success is. And I think success is um, happiness, one, and then achieving small goals. Uh, if you, you're not going to achieve it overnight. Like if you're, uh, I talk to young uh, entrepreneurs every day, or every day, sorry, all the time. Um, and they'll ask me how I did it. I'm like, I worked hard. I mean, yes, you're not, you're going to work 18 hour days. Um, there are going to be times where, you're going to have to figure out a, you're going to have to budget your life. Yeah. You can't um, live lavishly and spend a lot. Um, you're going to have to figure out your priorities, but it's all a hundred percent attainable. I mean, if you work harder than, like you said, Lisa, harder than outwork anybody else, you can achieve your, whatever it is you want to do. And positivity, you always have to have, it's all in your mind frame. It's all your perspective. Um, if you come to a bump in the road, you have to be creative. You can't just focus on the problem. Uh, there's a way through it. You know, I mean, we did. I mean, every day there's a problem. And now we have Corona. So we're <laughs> just like another problem, you know, another, you're finally there. And then you get, now this is another bump in the road. And I, throughout this whole thing is, um, there is a way through it. So, uh, you know, everybody stay positive. Don't panic. That's a big thing that Wendy and I always say. Um, everybody stay calm. Don't panic. Don't panic um, when the bill comes Don't due. panic. <laughs> don't panic. Anytime. Any problem comes up, do not panic. And just work hard. It's all your attitude that will get you through. Yeah. You know? Question for you both, because you guys are uh, of a generation. Now you you are a, a, a child of immigrants, and, mm-hmm. and Lisa's worked hard her whole life and has been in sales mm-hmm. and as a marathon runner and as a heart patient and done all these great I know, things. No, she, she Ooh. truly is. That's what, that's why she's part of this deal is because yeah, I, I, she can outrun me. I know that. <laughs> uh, Let's do a race. Yeah. yeah we'll as soon do, as your shoulders better, we'll race. Yeah. You okay. bet. You know, sure. Well, we'll go to the end of it. I'll fall down again and, and break my other shoulder. Oh no. But, but, <laughs> But the, the interesting thing is there are so many people that, that would look at you guys and go, I'm not going to work that hard. I, that she oh, she sure. makes me tired just even to think about working that hard. What is it about you guys that 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 got you to go? I'll, I'll give you an example. There's somebody who's listening who's a, a real good friend of mine. Okay, she's my sister. She worked for Nordstrom for... <laughs> Hi, Karen. 
<laughs> she, wor- she worked for Nordstrom for uh, 35, 40 years. Yeah. She worked 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It, yeah. it would have been great mm-hmm. for her. It, it would have been more rewarding if she had done something else. So work ethic wasn't her problem. It was finding mm-hmm. something that she was so passionate about that she could donate that much time and be an entrepreneur at the same time. So my question for you two ladies is, how much more difficult is it for a, a, a woman to become an entrepreneur and be successful? How, what roadblocks are in your way that are not in the typical guy way? Yeah. Well, Ooh, that's a really good one. So I think it's, <laughs> so it's interesting. So there's more women entrepreneurs than ever right now. And yeah, thank God. Yeah. But the interesting thing about it is I think I read recently that only 1.7 will reach over a million dollars in revenue of these women entrepreneurs. And so I personally think that's a couple of reasons. One, that VCs are primarily men. So when they're pitching Mm -hmm. their ideas and things like that and trying to gain capital, it's difficult because a lot of times that the men are looking at it from a different perspective. So it's funny. I'm always telling my stepdaughter, I'm like, you should be a VC. Like, this is like, this is going to be a a VC. So a venture capitalist, right? So you, you take your, you know, when you're trying to get um, rounds of funding right now, my business is just self-funded. And so um, we're, we're not at that point yet, but that's, I hear that over and over from women, women entrepreneurs that that's very difficult is to, to kind of pitch their story to a room full of men. But the other thing I think is really impactful is that I think as women, we, and, and I'm sure men do this too. So not to put down you men entrepreneurs out there, but I think that we sometimes put a cap on what we think we're worth. Right. Uh And so we think we're only worth a small business, right? We're only, I'm only smart enough. I only have the Uh skills. I only have the ability to have a $30,000 business instead of, you know, and so I think Uh a lot of times we put ourselves Uh in that. And if you tell yourself that every day, subconsciously, I'm only worth this much, or I'm not worthy of this, then it's a self-fulfilling profit prophecy, right? Absolutely. So it's like if you if you tell yourself, you know, no, I have like millionaire mindset and this is where I'm going. I think I don't know, Natalie, what would you say? I think it makes a difference. hundred percent. I that's what I mean that's why I say it's all about perspective and attitude. I mean, if I tell myself I'm only gonna make it from point A to point B, not all the way to Z, then that's only where I'm that's where subconsciously that's where I'm gonna end up, you know? Um my biggest thing is um I think females also have like roll off of that stigma. So piggybacking on what you're saying. Yes. I think a lot of women think that this is only where I can get to. Um, I've had, I think my biggest challenge more is that I'm young. So that's been, it's not really the Asian part because I actually, I think our like women in business is very diverse. Um, But my biggest challenge is that I'm young. So that's what, and female. So um, a lot of them, are, you know, they'll look at me like, oh, you're, you know, you're 15. I'm like, actually, I'm not 15. Um, but, and then the female part, I think also, um, is that uh, I think we're taking like a, oh, you, that's just a fantasy of yours. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's also how you deliver yourself. You have to be very strong and confident. You know, I'm not just presenting a dream. I'm presenting an idea. And I know it's going to work. So listen to me. You know? Yeah. 
So, so all of your background, being being a performer, being a choreographer, being an actor, um, uh, being mm -hmm. in the in the, all of these things have given you the poise mm -hmm. to stand right. in front of a bunch of fifty-something uh, um, men <laughs> and 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 to pitch your idea, to pitch your dream, and mm -hmm. you then have the poise to get that to to make your point. Is that is that fair? Uh, yeah, I would actually, yes, I think all of it has helped me. Yeah, and being on the stage, I think all of that helped me. Um, being able to speak my mind and deliver, you know, perform. Mm -hmm. now, yeah. now, do you find that, uh, that uh, because both of you are attractive young ladies, do you uh, find that, yeah. that that plays into it? And does that help you? Does that hurt you? How does that, how does, how does the, the physical look of, of the woman who's approaching these guys, how does that affect it? Uh, well, I think it's, I think it's a, a, number one, you know, if you're going to stand up in maybe a not so appropriate outfit, yeah, you know, I think, um, especially, I, I, you know, shout out to the haters, but these young people, I, I mean, I just go to a grocery store and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, this is where I think my age, <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, that's how you would present yourself. You know, like I think every day. I mean, okay, granted, I live in activewear. I'm wearing yoga leggings. <laughs> but I think if you, um, I think if you speak your mind, it has to match what your, how you present yourself. Yeah. So I, dressing appropriately, I think, is a big thing. And um, I mean, maybe the physical looks of, of, of somebody, maybe, I, I don't know. I, um, I think that that was kind of an issue for me when I was younger. Um, you just when you work in the mall, you just get everybody, everybody, yes, oh, yeah. everyone, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, 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 it amazes me, a bit. you know, Natalie and, and, and Lisa, it amazes me because when I was a little younger, my kids were in like junior high school, and I'd mm -hmm. go to the junior high school, and there would be girls, eighth, ninth grade girls that were dressed in a skin tight t-shirt that said sexy across the front of yeah, it. And, right. such, and these are like 13 year old girls. I, who lets them out of the house right. dressed like that? Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. And, and you yeah. know, it's, it's interesting cause it's, you know, I think that a lot of young people feel that, you know, people should just accept me how I am and this is how I am. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's sort of the mentality now, but then it, it, there, the flip side is, is, yeah, you know, if you're if you are going for a job, if you, you know, come in dress professionally, you're mm -hmm. clean, you know, just just basic kind of things that yeah. that makes a difference. So if you just show up yeah. all sloppy and whatever and, yeah. you know, and your shorty shorts, Kevin, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, last time yeah. I wore shorty shorts, they, I got kicked out of that facility. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, you know, you got to dress the part for sure. And so if you want to be taken, you know, professional, especially as a woman, I think that there's more, yeah. you know, stress on that, that if you want people to take you serious, then you need to mm -hmm. be dressed professionally. Do, you, do two yeah. of you take responsibility for your sex as far as uh, being a representative of the female entrepreneur community? And do you take that? Obviously, you both take it seriously. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. and Natalie, with all you do in the your community and, um, you know, I know that you, you know, you work hard to be a good mentor to to girls. And and yeah, I, you know, I think that's it's important for young people to have people to look up to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes.
Now, and, uh, Lisa was telling me, Natalie, about your uh, um, your work in the community as well. We haven't really mm-hmm. touched on that to a great degree. Right. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. What you do? Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to being raised by people. Um, and um, when my mom used to tell me the stories of how um, her and her siblings had to ration themselves, and um, uh, she'd tell me of, uh, I've always been exposed to third world. Um, the third world country. So I uh, grew up watching the Filipino news. We actually have that at home. When you walk into my uh, my parents' house, it's that's what's on. And um, I've been exposed to all of that. And um, I think it might have it must have affected me then. Um, uh, in middle school, National Junior Honor Society. I'm sure everybody has a National Junior Honor Society. Um, the uh, big thing that they focused on was community service, and I think that's huge. Um, you know, especially you look at the times now, we have to stick together and act as a community, giving back to one another, um, uh, helping out the elderly. Uh, we, I started off um, volunteering in school first, and then we had an elderly committee. And uh, I started, uh, I produced this. This is, you know, baby Natalie, I was maybe 13 years old. I produced this variety show. Um, and I made all my friends learn these dances and we sang songs and we went to, um, I used to volunteer at this uh, elderly home, not uh, far from my house. And, uh, when I graduated high school, I actually graduated with 800 hours of community service. Um, and yeah, so, um, in my spare time, time, right. Um, I did work part-time job. I danced how many, I think I danced 18 hours at the studio. Um, and then. I started, uh, I was involved. Oh my God, I'm so sick of women. (laughs) A a Filipino um, group. Uh, It was a nonprofit group. And that's what we did is we performed uh, our Filipino dances throughout the Valley. And um, I gave my time as a choreographer and a director um, for free. So um, that's kind of how I started and we would um, fundraise to do these benefit shows to raise money funds for the Philippines whenever they'd have a natural disaster. Um, we'd uh, do some local programs. We did uh, things for the uh, Phoenix Children's Hospital. So um, it, it was always, that's always been a part of me. And so, um, and I, I think giving back is important, especially, you know, from, where my family's rooted from. Um, and then, of course, I just go back to, I finally get to visit um, the, this third world country, uh, the Philippines, for the first time. And here I am like, okay, what can I do to help? You know, there's just so many so many people internationally and locally that, you know, need our help. And I think that's, um, I think we need, that's it's a big deal. You know, we need, need to give back. I think it's awesome. Awesome what you do. By the way, Lisa, I just learned something. About our, our our little our little adventure here, yeah, and that is since I can't use a call screener, if somebody calls in, <laughs> like that person who just I, popped I, in I, from yeah, nowhere, I just I I, I pot and let them c- come in because I assume that they're going to be respectful and have something nice to say, <laughs> but instead, <laughs> but instead yeah. I got I got uh, uh, somebody that uh, we're not going to ever let them come on. Okay. So now you've blown that thing there, dude. So sorry about that. Yeah. Hope you yeah. have a hope you have a nice life. See you later, yeah. maybe. 
I just, I just heard that. I was like, um, okay, sir. Yeah, it's, it's, see, when you, when you do live radio, sometimes you fly without a net. And, and sometimes yeah. you need the net to put that over the person that just called and take them, you know, because his, his knuckles are dragging on the ground. So. Yeah. So, so, yeah, no, it's amazing what you're doing for your community. And, and I bet your parents are just super proud of you, too. And ah. Yeah, I'm sure they are. So, it, so you think your business with all that's going on with the health climate right now in the world is, you know, are you going to be able to kind of sustain right. and, and, mm-hmm. and I'd love to hear your thoughts on how we can support your business and other small businesses okay. through the crisis. Well, perspective, right. Um, honestly, after being homeless for three months, I'm like, this ain't nothing. <laughs> At least we have a store. Um, I, uh, you know, I was talking to a lot of our manufacturers the past few days, and um, they really are, are all in this together. Um, yeah. We're all pretty much working together. Um, there's lots of ways around it. I was uh, a shout out to business retail. Um, you know, just because you have to close doesn't mean you have to shut down your business. Um, there's a lot of ways around this. Um, we're doing curbside pickup, free delivery. Um, and what we're, I'm not going to really push sales so much. It's, I'm going to be focusing on education. I think, um, at this time, since we're all at home, where is our attention? Mm-hmm. It's going to be on our phones, on our computers. And that's where, um, I think as a business person, that's where, um, the opportunity is. And I don't mean that in a greedy way. I mean that in a, okay, this is where I can finally let my viewers, because I have their attention, um, really see um, behind the scenes, what we're all about. And I, um, big thing about as, as Natalie Co is we're honest and we're open with our customers and, um, we don't really try to hide, you know, we're not, um, we're, my big goal here is no matter how big we get or no matter what we turn into, it's like what Lisa was saying, when you walk in that home feeling that, yes, uh, that's a big thing that we focus on is service. So, um, through this part now, I think, um, you know, we can't focus so much on, okay, this is our situation. This is, it's going to be the end of all. Um, I think it's just another bump in a row in the road. So I think this is the most creative we can be with our businesses, regardless of what you do. If you're a manufacturer, if you're a um, retailer, if you're online, you know, there's, there's opportunities here. Um, that we all have since we all are at home, you know, where are they going to be on their phone? So, um, that we started, um, tomorrow we're going to be starting a daily net. So, um, program, it's going to be, we're going to live stream. And, um, this is where I want to bring in people from our community. Um, so tomorrow we're starting off with one of our local, a friend of mine, he's a local ballet teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to involve some of our manufacturers, which I was going to, um, involve you with Miss Lisa. Awesome. Um, but awesome. We, yeah. Yeah. And, um, we're going to do tutorials. We're going to educate people on products. Um, because now we have the time to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's There's true. a way through this. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's a way through it, right? And yeah. so for our listeners, how best can they find you? And if you can let them know, like on your Instagram and all of that. Yeah, uh, we have a website. It's natcodancers.com. You can follow us at Natalie Company. And the way I spell my name is very um, interesting. It's N-E-T-H-A-L-E-E. So there's that little H in Natalie. Um, and then hashtag natcodancers, hashtag natcodancers um, is where you can find us. And then um, my big thing is Aloha on my personal. So it's yeah. Matt Haley Joy on Instagram. So 
And so if for those of you who aren't following Natalie on Instagram, I highly recommend it. She has <laughs> amazing following, lots of positivity, great information about product, the most beautiful pictures. I mean, your models oh, are fantastic. Um, and, you know, for, you know, there's things you can buy online, but I, the thing is, is, you know, especially in the dance industry, point mm-hmm. is always going to, you're going to always right. need to buy point shoes in person. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, it's so wonderful to have that kind of um, just interaction. And, and mm-hmm. so I, my hope is that we will help really rise up in the community and help support mm-hmm. businesses like yours that are all about customer service and bringing mm-hmm. a great product at a great price and giving them the education to know how to use that product, how to wear that product, how to wash it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and to really be part of a community that, um, you know, kind of lifts each other up. And I think one thing that's really interesting going on now with dance is now dance is being seen as for people of all sizes and, mm-hmm. you know, and all genders and all not that and anymore. not as limited. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now, you know, I, I'm, I haven't been in ballet classes for a million years, but I thought, oh, mm-hmm. you know, once things are back open again, there's, there's like a fun little adult mm-hmm. ballet class. How fun would that be? You know? And so mm-hmm. dance is such a great expression and especially with what's going on now, it's so important to find ways to kind of deal with emotions in a in a positive yes. matter and mm-hmm. I think that dance is a way that um, we can you know work through some of that absolutely mm-hmm. do you 100%. have do you have a, you know like plus size tutus we do we do <laughs> and we have plus size swimwear. amazing and <laughs> you know one thing I think we skipped over was what is the brand of the swimwear that you are carrying the uh, from your uh-huh. friend from the gal, um, forgetting her name right now. Yes. Uh, for just, uh, so actually carry over like 40 brands. In okay. Store. Okay. We've got every, like, every, I mean, if there's a manufacturer of swimmer, we don't carry, I'm going to be very surprised. I'm not saying we carry every single one, yeah. but we carry a huge variety from kids to men to, um, bikinis, um, one pieces and literally every size. Wow. <laughs> And it's women's yeah. and kids and, and women, we said kids, men's kids, everything. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. We have over, we have about 8,000 pieces of wow. in right now. Yeah. yeah so um, something for like, everyone. It's a yeah, far but, cry oh, from being yeah. in a 200 square foot uh, closet to right? having, having yeah. all that inventory mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah. you should, yeah. you, you should, are you, you should be proud of yourself. Are you? Yeah. Um, yes. You know, small, small. Yes, I should. I, I'm working on that. As a, as, yeah, you know, embrace it. Gotcha. Embrace it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. yes, embrace yes. it. You know, and all that you've accomplished by at 30 years old, it's really extraordinary. You need to write a book Thank and, you. and, and, you know, I, yes. we really commend you for all the work you do in your community. Oh, and you. yeah, it's wonderful. And so thanks. Thanks, thanks again for coming on. And th- thank Lisa. That's thank you pleasure. for, for inviting her. Cause you, you, you're, you're phenomenal. It's been, it's been a yeah. lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. If is there anything at all that you would like to tell everybody in the world, because this will be a podcast, and people, if they're not listening to it right now, they can listen to it later. Your philosophy, anything, anything that comes to mind that you would like to tell folks. For Lisa, or are you talking? <laughs> no, that that'd be that, for you. Oh, for both of oh, oh, for me. Um, uh, in times like this, that you know, nobody panic. Everybody stay calm and um power of positivity try to stay healthy and um uh and 
there, if there's a way in, there's a way through. Yeah. Always. Always. Thank Very you. It's cool. been a Beautiful. pleasure. Yeah. And Lisa? Um, you know, I just want to really encourage people to listen to things that lift them up during this kind of crisis. Mm-hmm. And so if you as listeners enjoyed this, please um, follow us. Please share it. Uh, please, you know, really encourage um, through commenting. You can listen to it uh, after it's been, when it's live, you can listen on Podbean. After that, you can listen to it Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and just look for My Independence Report. There's a lot of great information, amazing people that come on and speak to Kevin. And um, we just appreciate your support. I wish I'd have said that. You are. That's why you are the entrepreneur, because because you that you. I could not have said that more eloquently or as beautiful as that. So thank you, thank you for that. Because we are uh, interested in in creating something positive. We want to get rid of hate, division, and fear, mm-hmm. and uh, and really motivate and and to positively lay out for people a way for them to be successful in their own lives in their in their communities and with other people by the way in this time that it's really tough if there's somebody that you know that lives alone give them a call Mm -hmm. don't go see them right now but go give them a call yeah and so Mm -hmm. let them know that you know that they're there and because right now, one of the biggest issues that they're talking about is the loneliness of people yeah. being mm-hmm. isolated in their own houses. Mm-hmm. And so be be kind to each other and to do that. And uh, that would be what I would say if, if, if you know somebody that give them a call. Yeah. If, if it's been a while, yeah. talk to them. Yeah. Yep. You know. Yeah, so, we can still be kind through all of this. Exactly. Kind. And speaking of not being very kind, I, we're going to have to end this podcast, which means that I'm going to release <laughs> Lisa to go back to her house and her and her puzzle full of children. <laughs> yeah, hopefully there's no fires. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All still there. <laughs> so, so Natalie, thank you so thank much you, for, for coming you on. Guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been awesome. So you, you have a great day, okay? Thanks. Take, take care. And uh, so Nat- Natalie went away, and but I wanted to just touch bases with you again to just talk about this this little adventure that we are on. Yeah. I, it's never been like this in 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 my lifetime, right? And you know, I'm I'm sitting here. I can't have surgery because of, yeah. of the hospitals. My sister can't have surgery because of of her. And we're both, you know, we're competing for who gets to have the most surgeries in their life before it's over. But, and who's in the most pain? I guess right? <laughs> exactly. So I think she actually she wins. But yeah. uh, but uh, hang in there, Karen. Yeah. What? <laughs> any anything else that you'd like to add or 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 to talk about before we go today? Um, you know, I just think that fear is just such a powerful thing and that we have to be able to accept that some things are not in our control, which is the most hard thing to do, I think, as a human. And and so I think, you know, we need to make sure we're not losing touch of kindness and humility and, and just some um, semblance of belief um, through this difficult time. I agree that that was actually very well said because it, this is it, it, it's an incredible moment. Um, we are going to be in this moment for a while. 
So what I would encourage you to do is to put your smartphone down or to go into your smartphone, look at for numbers that you can call people so that we can make a connection so that we can have community to connect to each other because it's real easy to sit in, in the corner and, and uh, look on the web and, and not pay attention to other folks. But this is a time for when all of us to rise to the occasion and to develop a sense of community yeah. for each other. It's really important. Yes. So let's talk about Girl Power Wednesdays. I'm so excited. Just we're going to have so many amazing guests. We are. And by the way, if you know of somebody that you would that is a powerful woman or girl, and you can email me at kmradio at comcast.net and we'll tell their story right here because Lisa's going to be here every Wednesday. She's given me that time and I truly appreciate it. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank and you, Kevin. It's, it's, it's great fun. And, and uh, we want to empower women and girls to live the life that they could live if they, if they chose to be an entrepreneur, if they chose to work hard and to do everything that they, it's right. It can be right in front of them. Yes. Yep. Yep. If you can dream it, you can do it. Ooh, very nice. If you can dream it, you can do it. And, yeah. and that, you know, that's, that's the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. That's the uh, power of positive thinking, all those other books that are out there. And if you, but they work, Yeah, they, they really do. do. They do. And you are li a living example of that. Cause like your, your story, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, heart surgery, uh, marathon runner, by the way, did you run today? I did. I did. But sadly, you know, I've been training for this 50 miler and I, was kind of at the peak of my training and which has just been extremely grueling. I'm trying to grind my hips into dust, I think. Um, but it's been very grueling. And then I got the email. Sorry, the race has been canceled. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, my, my son's like, mom, it's not a big deal. You're, you're in really good shape at least. I'm like, Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> you got to love teenagers. <laughs> They tend to not to think of it in terms of this was your life that you were doing this diligently right, every day right, right. and going yeah. through the pain. By yeah. the by the way, she wasn't kidding. She was actually saying a 50, that's five zero mile run, Yeah, which would have taken you probably nine and a half, 10 hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is. So I guess I'll have to wait till things you know change and able to do it but that's okay no they say if they said when it's gonna happen no it's like just... everything is i mean you probably heard the boston marathon was pushed out and everything but i'll tell you everything. what when it it has to be bad when they start canceling saint patty's day yeah <laughs> all right. or, or with all with right. all the activities that go on there late at night yes yes so they, yeah. they uh, it's we live in, we live in strange times it is yep strange times so so Given that we live in strange times, it calls for unusual sacrifice on your part to be a kind person. Do not take that last roll of toilet paper off the shelf because somebody I'm sure is going to need it worse than you. Yeah. Yep. And just, yeah, share. So the kids and I were talking about, you know, what's going on in the social distancing and all of that. And I said, you know what? You can still smile with your eyes. You know, so you can be far away from Buddy and still smile with your eyes. So, you know, I think that's important, and and just to still kind of kind of radiate that kindness, even if you are far away, um, is great for you yourself and for them. And you know, almost it's like as 
yourself, you almost benefit more, right, from it than anybody else does. A smile can be seen for, that's why your teeth are white. Yep. Your smile can be seen from a long right. way away. Right. And mm -hmm. that's, at this point in time, that may be all we got left yep. is to yeah. smile at each other. Yeah. Which, which, you know, I, but I, I just wanted to say, I appreciate you coming here and Thank doing you. this with me. Thank you, Kevin. I, I appreciate you. It is, it is, it is going to be an enormous thing. So that's what this is. Uh, Girl Power Wednesdays. We're going to talk about uh, women and women's issues, even though, uh, <laughs> even though somebody out there doesn't feel like uh, doing that anyway. So uh, we, we. That's okay. Not you. Not everybody has to agree, right? That's, that's just right. kind of part of how things go. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. So we appreciate, I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate the audience, everybody that's been listening today. Yeah. It's been great fun. Um, I, I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow. I'll figure out something. So yeah, but, listen in everyone. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. And uh, go to my independence report, follow us as yes. say that whole thing yeah. again. You were really good. Yeah. So uh, you can listen to us live on Podbean. Um, if you look under my independence report, and so you can listen to it live there at noon. You do Tuesday through Thursday, Kevin. Tuesday through Friday. Oh, Tuesday through Friday. Wednesdays is Girl Power Wednesday when I'm on with Kevin. Um, and then after it will be live, you can, or not live, it will be uploaded. So you can listen to it on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please follow us. Please like it. And we'd love for your comments. Um, good, bad, and indifferent. That's okay. Um, and, and please share it. Please share the podcast with others for anyone who think you think would, would like to hear it. And, and it helps us to be able to keep making these great podcasts for you. And if you go to my independence report, there are, there are now 93, 94. Amazing. Yeah. And they include things like, uh, uh, Gary Chapman, who wrote the five love languages, Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote Conversations with God, um, um, Gary Zukoff, uh, who wrote uh, Seat of the Soul, and uh, and many, many more. Some really positive things. And right now, we could use some positive things yes, to talk we, about. For sure. And about yeah. how to live your life a little bit more authentically and and and, and to be kind to one another. Yeah. Um, so with that, um, I guess, you know, I'm running out of things to say. Yeah. And I got to send you back to your family. <laughs> So given that, yes. you know, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everyone. We've had a great time. And thank you, um, Natalie, for coming on. She is one. She's amazing. She's yeah. a pint-sized dynamo, isn't she? She really is. She really is. And she just, she emits this amazing positive energy. She's great. So go back and listen to this podcast when it's up. It'll be up in a, probably about an hour and a half, two hours, depending on how lazy I am. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time right here on My Independence Report. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.